Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host, and I am so happy and blessed that you've decided to spend just a small part of your day with myself and my special guest today, Catherine Lawrence. She is a writer who loves troubled characters, poached eggs for supper, a messy desk, and green wool socks. And who doesn't like green wool socks? Toasty, toasty warm. You can read her young adult verse novel, Stay, or any of her award-winning books of poetry, Black Umbrella, Nevermind, Lying to Our Mothers, Ring Finger, Left Hand. Catherine lives in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, the trapezoid-shaped province above North Dakota. She has an MFA in writing, is a former writer in residence at the Saskatoon Public Library, and she coaches emerging and established writers. All kinds of great stuff in there, Catherine. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. Thanks so much. I'm thrilled to be here. I wasn't aware at first until I got more into your bio and was reading some more stuff up on you that you were a coach for emerging and established writers. How did that come about? Well, I am so grateful to to writers who have helped me along the way through workshops and, and writing retreats. I have also leaned on writers that in, in uh, library residencies. After doing this for a few decades, I realized one day that, you know, I've got the chops. I can do this. I can give back. So I'd love, love, it's my passion to, to work with other writers at all stages. I just love helping people to, you know, realize, realize what, what is inside them and get it on the page. I like how you said that, realize what's inside them and get it down on the page. I often say that you know, everybody, well, it's said a lot. Everybody does have a story. And there is someone out there in the world who probably needs to hear it because you just might be the light for someone sitting in darkness somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, to the, the, the theme of, of your show, Kim, fear I mean, if there's anything that gets in the way that cripples us with respect to honoring those stories and those voices, it's fear. And a lot of the time, you know, we're working on, on you know, technical things, uh, yes, but we're also talking about the emotional content that we, I conclude myself, have to move through. Fear's a big one in order to, to realize those stories. Fear has no, yeah, so I, let it bounce. I just love the name of your show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my life had taken a uh, complete turn at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, when the world shut down and all kinds of stuff like that. And my life just, it had a big, big turning point. And there was fear just floating in the air in the world at that time. Mm -hmm. I was at a point where I was like, okay, my life just changed dramatically. I could let fear settle, but I'm not going to. So I just said, I was literally out loud saying to myself, Kim, we got to let this bounce. We got to let this bounce. It's a new, there's a new door opening for you. So let's find that door, let fear bounce. And let's, we're just going to walk on through that door and see what happens. So that's actually Absolutely. how it came about. I just, I told that's myself great. I'm letting it bounce. <laughs> that's great. What a great image. I just, I just see you riding a huge red rubber ball out through a door and into the fields. <laughs> <laughs> That is not a vision I would have come up with, but that's awesome. You know what my vision is was I'm strapped in armor, full body armor, and little little demons with their little poison darts are shooting them at me and they can't pierce my armor. They're just ping, they're bouncing off. That's how I pictured it. Good, good. 
But Good. yours is funner, a big red ball <laughs> bouncing through a door. <laughs> well, you can have it. it. You can have it. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So you have five books out, and I do want to talk about some of them. Now, are all of them poetry? Four of them are poetry. And the book that you and I are talking about this morning, Stay, is my first middle grade novel in verse. So as a poet, it just made sense for me to to um, to transition or pivot, that's our new word, to the verse novel. And it was it was a huge challenge and it was tremendous fun. And I really, really wanted to to reach younger readers. So you said middle age? Yes. Yeah, so kids in grades four to about nine. And well, Kim, you know as a as a writer that we all seem to be uh, obsessed, if you will, with with one subject, one one topic. Many, many of us are. I'm certainly in that category. And I I write about uh, families. The more dysfunctional, the better as a, <laughs> as a writer. <laughs> However, I'm just really interested in what makes families tick. How is it that some families really seem to be cohesive and they 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 work in whatever way uh, we want to define that? Love is their binding guiding principles. And how is it that some families just um, lose the balance, if you will? What happens to them? So I keep coming back to that topic through through all my books in different ways. And Stay looks at the breakdown of a family from the um, eyes of a of a young of a young girl. That would be a tough book to write. Well, I'll tell you, it was a tough book to write for the. For, I went in and out of it for probably five, six years while I wrote other things. And then, uh, not to sound like I'm a very strange person, but the last question my mother asked me before she passed away was, how is your children's book coming along? And it was stalled. And I said, oh, you know, I'm working on it, mom. And she she died the next day. and. Some months later, I was sitting in my office and I felt her at my back and I felt her say, finish that children's book. I stopped what I was doing. I opened the file and I finished it in a week. <laughs> so I felt guided somehow in the final draft of Stay. Um, I also spent a lot of time reading other verse novels to teach myself how to do it. The book that was the biggest help was um, the book called titled Out of Dust by the American writer Karen Hess, H-E-S-S-E. -S -S -E. Anyway, I, I probably read Out of Dust uh, 40 to 50 times. I kept it open on my desk as I was trying to figure out the pattern for, um, for stay. So anyway, it's a, it's a book that gives me great satisfaction. And I love the feedback I get from kids. Just love it. What a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm, my pleasure. I want to hear a little bit more about Black Umbrella. Now, this is your newest book out, correct? Right, right. So it it was just released just a few weeks ago. So Black Umbrella is for you know older um, teens and adults, and it's a poetic memoir. And um, Black Umbrella is um, is a story about about coming through my own parents' divorce, the repercussions and how I feel I have learned from the poor example of my mother 
a mother I loved very, very much. We had a complicated relationship as many mothers and daughters do. I learned what not to do from my mother's example. We talked about her life in great detail. Um, and then I went on to, to have a very successful marriage. We just, whatever success means, again, we just celebrated 38 years. We've raised two daughters and a, and, and a dog. And so the book, the book looks into that as well. And it's, it celebrates with great gratitude, the love that has, uh, that I've welcomed in, into my life. It's not a book that is candy coated. The feedback I'm getting is that it, that it's a, a heartbreaking at times. It was, that was a difficult book to read because of that level of emotional honesty that was required. And also it's not a book I could have written while my parents were alive. Couldn't have done it. Those types of books I appreciate. And when I read them, you can tell just by the way that the author has written them that they were bringing forth so much of themselves into it. You know, when you read a book mm -hmm. like that, you can feel it. You can feel mm -hmm. those emotions just coming right out of the pages at you. That, right. that raw, that raw and real stuff. I appreciate that type of stuff so much because I know how difficult it can be to write. You know, myself writing things like that it takes you on a journey sometimes that you weren't prepared for, or you didn't think right. you were prepared for. Exactly. I appreciate other authors who write like that. And I always, you know, I talk about a lot of times about how, when I write, I, I try and utilize all five senses. Yes. So when the reader is reading it, they can feel and see and even hear and smell and possibly touch what I'm trying to, give to them through through my words and you sound like you're the same type of author and writer so that's awesome do you have a smidgen of something from the black umbrella that you would like to share absolutely absolutely how about if i read this uh, opening poem called hooked i knew every charm on her bracelet the silver sound that chimed as she moved from room to room knew what my father didn't know knew the link between the tiny telephone dangling from her wrist and the one fixed to the kitchen wall. It rang once every night after dinner, a code she translated by touch, her fingers deciphering the trinket soldered between a dual-eyed kitten and the teardrop birthstone. I pestered her like a child, begged, tell me, tell me, tell me, I can keep a secret. And I did, or even better, I forgot until I remembered years later, I lifted the lid of a velvet lined box, uncovered the bracelet, a piece little sister didn't fancy. Neither did I. What are daughters to do with a mother's tangle of necklaces, earrings, brooches? We sorted, donated, kept an occasional piece to wear on occasion, fastened a silver chain to the underside of a veined wrist listen to her charms the way i pretended a stranger dialed the same wrong number night after night that's beautiful thank you thank you that now, is beautiful and i there's a lot more to that story in there it's multi-layered yes now, it is <laughs> yes it is and i noticed that right away <laughs> of course you did of course you did and so you know with respect to to my earlier comment about how so many writers return to the same subject in stay 
you know, Millie's dealing, Millie who turns 12 in this verse novel, she's dealing with the same kind of situation. For her, she's a little girl of, of, of uh, the modern age. And so she is uh, snooping on her mother's cell phone. And she learns through text messages that mom is involved with someone else. So, you know, I was trying to get at the confusion uh, of, of a child who comes, you know, who is actually ultimately betrayed by that kind of situation. So in, so handling it for children was a completely different exercise than what you've just heard for an, an adult reader. I like how everything within that was subtle yet the listener could still picture it. Thank you. Thank you. you. Know, High praise. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, yeah, that was, that was wonderful. And I, and I personally just like listening to you read. You're, you're a beautiful reader. You bring a gentleness to a tough topic. It is a tough topic. But, you know, it's so, it's so important for kids to have the language to talk about this stuff. Adults, too, of course. By language, I don't, I don't mean, you know, the language of psychologists and sociologists, but, you know, the, the stories and, uh, you know, for example, I had a little girl say to me that after she read Stay, she had some insight into what her best friend was going through and she didn't know how to, she didn't know what her friend was going through and she didn't know how to talk about it, but Stay gave her an entry point. So with Black Umbrella, I hope the same kind of feedback comes my way. Um, I've no doubt that we'll it will, you know, and you're, we'll you're touching on tough topics and you're doing it in a very gentle way. And it is, it is so difficult for, you know, my, my parents divorced when I was five, there is, you know, I have this very <laughs> clear mental picture of when daddy drove away of me standing on the sidewalk, sobbing, not understanding, not understanding at all. Why was daddy leaving and why weren't we going to see him anymore? And it was very, and I still remember that from when I was five, you know, and it's, it's interesting. Recently, I, I set out through Facebook. It was just, I said, you know what? I've come up with this free writing contest. Let's just toss this out there. I want everybody who's interested to write a 450 to 500 word letter to their five-year-old self. And I had about 15 ladies that, you know, some I knew and most I didn't submitted these stories and each one of them, they, they were looking back and telling their five-year-old self how bumpy and how hard life would be. And that they, you know, it eventually just ended up hugging them and loving on their five-year-old self. It was a really neat little exercise that just popped in my head one morning. I woke up because I had been thinking about my own five-year-old self and mm -hmm. listening to you share your poem that popped in my head again. So interesting. Did your daddy come back? No. Mm -hmm. We saw him every once in a while, but he moved across country. So no. And unfortunately, Boy, we're getting personal. Unfortunately, you know, I'm in my fifties now. He passed away before I could ask him a lot of things that I wanted to ask. You can ask through your writing, as you know. 
Yes. And that mm -hmm. is something that I have started, but that's something that's going to simmer for a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what I say. Mm -hmm. I put it on the back burner and let it simmer for a while. But getting these stories from all these other women, um, and it just turned out that it was women that submitted. Mm -hmm. were, there were so many similarities in all of them. And it was just what an amazing little journey to read their stories and think, you know, wow, I am not the only five-year-old little girl that was so scared and confused and no. in tears and what's happening. So it was very, it was very interesting. And I, mm -hmm. I think that books like yours and, and the way you write them will be able to resonate with younger folks. Oh, well, obviously it does resonate with younger folks in, in such a gentle, a gentle, but real way. So, you know, Gosh, I thank you for that. I haven't even read your books yet, and I can't wait to read them now. I can hardly wait for you to read them. Now, Kim, may I may I read a piece from Stay that actually speaks to the very story that you just told about watching your daddy drive away? Oh, absolutely. Please share. Okay. So this is called Secret Agent. Now, Millie is 11. She's not as young as five, but, you know, she obviously carries this little five-year-old in her. I'm so glad that you told that story. So, so she knows that things are up and now she's got proof it's called secret agent. I polish a dark keyhole in the mist of my bedroom window, spy dad outside beside the car, trunk lid open, street light directing suitcases, blankets, books, the old vacuum cleaner, Pots and pans, desk chair, watch him climb behind the wheel, pull away from the curb, drive so slow I could jog beside him, ask where he's going, but he turns at the corner, leaves a gray trail of smoke that lingers in the night air, fades away. And so then the next day, the next morning is Sunday, and this poem is titled Divorce. Mum flips Sunday waffles on a school morning, tries to buttermilk Tara and me about new arrangements. We'll live with dad every second weekend at his new apartment. Tara stabs a strawberry with her fork. I drag my bacon through a puddle of maple syrup, chew and swallow. I love the way you write. Thank you. I Thank really, you. It, it just, it hits me right in the heart. Yeah. Good. Good. And you know, and that's like, that's the best thing a writer ever want to hear what everyone's to hear. I know you're making my day. You're just making my day. <laughs> but it's you like, know, speaking of, speaking of little, little kids, it's very interesting, Kim, because I have one sister, she's four years younger than I am. So her take on our family, of course, is much different than my own. And this morning, Barb texted me to remind me that today, 70th wedding anniversary for her parents, my sister never brings up the subject of their marriage. And very rarely does she talk about the divorce. I've never heard her mention the anniversary. But here's what she said to me. She said, if our parents had stayed together, I think it would have been 70 years today. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm an armchair psychologist, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. And I thought, wow, you know, that anniversary has triggered Barb's little kid as a little five-year-old. 
she still carries like that text to me was just so full of longing and heartbreak. I didn't say that to her. Well, she can now hear me say now it she'll hear podcast. it. <laughs> now she can hear it. The whole world can hear it. Sorry, Barb. But, you know, <laughs> sorry, Barb. Yeah, but you know, we're we're always that five year old, right? We yes. are always five. It's amazing. Yes, and even if people want to try to ignore it or you know, keep that little five-year-old back in a closet or something, doesn't matter how old you are, that time of life was very formative on, on your heart and, and your soul, you know? Yeah, ex exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like here's a little poem, playing baseball. I got smacked in the gut, winded, same crack I heard gathering speed all those years. I thought I was home safe. My parents, a white leather ball, their decision hard and fast short and sweet and boom to the point exactly exactly yeah i am i am loving your poetry. i'm loving listening listening to your poetry and i i can't wait to get myself some copies of it honestly and Ooh. our half hour has flown by oh this i, I know I i'm know. so i'm disappointed i'm disappointed i love <laughs> chatting with you thank I you just so looked much at the clock i'm going wait a minute so well that means that we have to have you back on obviously Please. Please. <laughs> definitely have to have you back on but this has been awesome i'm i'm loving listening to your poetry and folks i'm sure that the listeners out there are enjoying it just as much as i am so let our folks know let all those out there listening know where they can find you how to contact you where to find your books all of that good stuff please yeah thanks so much um come to my website everybody www Catherine with a k k-a-t-h-e-r-i-n-e lawrence.net and uh, i'm happy to sign and and post um, uh, books to you or i can direct you to my publisher or you can go to your local indie bookstore awesome stuff folks so that's www.catherinelawrence.net so make sure you write that down folks.net not.com so you get to the right place Catherine, thank you so much for spending just a part of your day with me here on Let Fear Bounce. This has been an absolute blessing and true joy to get to talk with you and to hear some of your poetry. And again, I am looking forward to seeing what you're coming up with next and looking forward to getting a couple copies of your book. This is going to be awesome and you'll be hearing more from me. Great. Thank you. I just love this connection. Thank you so much, Kim. <laughs> you are welcome. Everybody out there listening in today. Thank you so much for joining myself and Catherine Lawrence, author and poet extraordinaire. This is Kim Langling, your host of Let Fear Bounce, wishing you all a great day. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed.